0: Three, two, one. Oh my goodness! Good morning, good afternoon, whatever it is for you. I hope you're having a fantastic day. My name is Zach Schomler. This is Strong Opinion Sports. Thank you so very much for tuning in. Today is Saturday, July 14th, and I have an awesome show planned for you guys today. I'm so excited. I uh, I apologize first. I've been I haven't done a show in a couple days. I I'm a college kid, I work full, I work at a car place in the summer, it's my summer job, and I've been doing that a ton, and I, I promise you this, this episode of the podcast is worth the wait. I, I don't put out crap, if I, there's nothing to talk about, I don't talk about anything, and so I, I promise you this, I, I've got a lot of good stuff for you guys today. One of the things I'm going to talk about in this episode is, I'm going to debunk the NBA Summer League. I, I'll tell you what that means in a minute, I'll get to it, but later down the road, after that, I have an unfinished idea I'm going to tell you towards the end of the show um, that I'm developing about getting credit in the NBA. It's like a comic that doesn't have a fully finished joke. I'm going to let you inside my kind of developing idea and share kind of my thoughts about that. I'm going to talk about the Ruben Foster suspension. I'm going to tell you guys about Richard Sherman. And at the end of the show, I'm going to have a, a guest on the podcast. A friend of mine from growing up, I used to train with him. He played quarterback on the new series of Last Chance U. It's Netflix's docu-series about college football teams. And my friend Brandon B., is one of the two quarterbacks that is featured on Netflix's Last Chance U, season three. It's coming out in about eight days. And so I have an interview with him. It's it's pretty long. We go in depth. We talk a lot about his journey. What's it like having the show there? I'm very excited for that. So those are all the things you can look forward to in today's podcast. Remember, you can subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes, on SoundCloud, and on YouTube, as well as anywhere you can find podcasts. You can find my full entire hour-long podcast on YouTube. And please, if you like this podcast, share this with your friends. All right. So in football, there's a thing called seven on seven. And that means it's football without any linemen. There are no linemen. It's receivers, quarterbacks, running backs, tight ends versus a defense. No offensive linemen, no defensive linemen. And there is some value here. There there is some value in this kind of thing. And what it does is it keeps your players healthy. You can do it in the off season without very little consequence. It's a good way to practice some stuff. But there's also a lot of misconceptions. So the stats from a seven-on-seven seven game are irrelevant. They don't matter because there's literally no offensive line and you're throwing every single play. Therefore, all of the passing stats are padded. There's no running game, so play action has basically no effect. And there's no offensive line, which means you're not really getting a realistic clock for a quarterback. A quarterback has to be able to make plays and make reads with a guy hitting him in the face or bearing, him, bearing down. If it's, different, it's one thing to make the right read when there's no pressure. It's another thing to make the right read when there's a 300-pound guy about to hit you. And so for all those reasons, you can't really put a lot of value into 7-on-7. There's some value, but you can't put a ton of value into it because it's actually not real football. But there are still small things you can take away. You can take away, oh, that guy's a really great athlete. He's really fast. He can jump. You can you can take away athleticism. You can also take away leadership. How does the guy act around his guys? Is he Is he encouraging? Is he yelling? Is he angry? And you can also judge effort really well with 7-on-7. Those are the three things with 7-on-7 you can get 100% of the time. You can always judge athleticism, leadership, and effort. And the point for this is that without linemen, football is not the same. You can't put too much value on a 7-on-7 game because you're missing a lot of what makes it the sport it is. Summer League basketball is the same way. Summer League basketball is very similar. You don't have any stars You don't have any veterans, you don't have any all-stars, you don't have a lot of even good young players. It's a lot of guys who are rookies or second-year players, and it's not a real, real honest look at what it's going to be like in the league. So I want to talk about this. When the Knicks drafted Michael Knox, I was really excited because Michael Knox can hit threes. And that's cool. Not everybody drafted in the top 10 is a great three-point shooter. And so when the, the Knicks drafted Michael Knox, I was like, that's a great draft pick. I feel really good about it. But what's interesting is in the NBA Summer League, Michael Knox has a, had a ton of impressive dunks. He's been really good around the rim and he averages about 23 points a game. And I don't know that that's a, a realistic look at Michael Knox. I think it looks great now, but I'm very curious, is Michael Knox the same player when he's going up against Kevin Durant, LeBron James? The obvious answer is no, he's not going to be. Another thing in contrast, the Hawks rookie Trey Young uh, really struggled early on in the NBA Summer League. But on the last couple games, Trey Young has improved. I think he went from averaging 11 points to 23 points a game. And, you know, Trey Young is passing well. He's shooting some better threes. And it's encouraging. And the thing is, you want rookies to look good at this time of the year. In the NBA Summer League, you want a rookie to look like a really good player. Because you want, to, anytime you take the court, you want something encouraging. You want them to dominate. In fact, it'd be more concerning if they weren't dominating. But even if they are dominating in the NBA Summer League, I would not read too much into it. Because it's not quite the same. Similar to football without linemen, the NBA Summer League is missing the stars. It's missing the veterans. It's just a bunch of young players. And I would not read too much into their stats. I want to see Michael Knox dunk in the regular season on NBA veterans. And I want to see if Trey Young can handle the physicality of an actual 30-year-old man guarding him. Because he looks like he's struggling against 22-year-olds that aren't physically fully formed out. Uh, the one thing you can read into so again there 7 on 7 isn't useless and the nba summer league is not useless stats may not be exactly perfect but there are things you can learn from it there are things you can take away from the nba summer league here's one thing i have seen that you can absolutely take away from the nba summer league grayson allen is an awesome professional basketball player grayson allen is the guy from duke he had controversies he had in trouble for tripping and the reason why I like Grayson Allen and I liked, I've liked the way he's played in the NBA Summer League is because I don't like his stats. It's not about his stats. It's about his style of play. Grayson Allen is the rookie for the Utah Jazz. He is chippy. He has a bunch of effort on defense. He's very physical. He's aggressive. That, that's one of the things you can take away is how does he work with others? He worked well with others. He is very physical on defense. He's showing, hey, I can bring something to the table. I might not be the best athlete. I might not have the best jump shot, best handles, but I can give you a bunch of effort on defense. That is what I like. That is what I like is to see a guy like Grayson Allen competing his butt off. So I would not read too much into stats. I would not read too much into Michael Knox. I believe in Michael Knox. Michael Knox can shoot. It's really encouraging that he looks good at the rim, but I would not get too excited yet. He still has a lot to prove. And Trey Young. Before you judge Trey Young, honestly, I would give him three more years. He looks like a 16-year-old. He is a skinny, skinny shell of what he will be in three years from now. I think give Trey Young three years in the weight room to develop, learn how to play in the NBA. He looks good. It's encouraging. He's got some really good ability passing the ball. He occasionally hits some crazy threes. That's exciting. And I think he's going to get even more consistent as he goes on. But the, the key thing that I saw in the NBA Summer League, the one that I can read the most into is Grayson Allen. I'm not sure if Trey Young is going to develop. I'm not sure if Michael Knox is probably, right? A betting man would say Michael Knox would probably develop. I feel less good about Trey Young. But what I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt is Grayson Allen will be in the league. He's a 10-year player. I don't care. He has great effort on defense. He will be in the league for a while. You know, you never know. Trey Young could flame out. I don't believe Grayson Allen will because it's not about his stats. It's not about his jump shot. It's about the way he plays, his defensive effort. That is what I read into with Grayson Allen. If he brings that in the regular season, it's going to be fantastic. So that's it, man. I I just, I I wouldn't read too much into the NBA Summer League. I really wouldn't. Don't overreact. You know, I I think that at this time of the year, networks are trying to build up hype, which I'm okay with. Frankly, I I love the storylines the NBA Summer League is giving us. I mean, Will Trey Young succeed? Will Trey Young fail? I don't know. And that's far more interesting to me right now than Major League Baseball is. I just don't care about the NBA regular season. So I would just tell you, be cautious with the NBA Summer League stories. They're, they're interesting. They're, they're, again, they're far more exciting to me than regular season baseball. But just temper your expectations a little bit. Be careful, because it's not quite real basketball just yet. All right. So... <clears throat> LeBron signed with the Lakers. LeBron James signed with the LA Lakers. And people are now doubting and questioning the way that the Lakers are building their team. You know, the Lakers signed veteran Lance Stevenson. They signed Rajon Rondo, a veteran point guard. And people are like, what are they doing? Rondo's not a great shooter and they have Lonzo Ball. Why would they sign Rajon Rondo? And then they signed JaVale McGee. And, and, And it's very true. Rondo can't shoot. And Lance Stevenson is kind of a weird guy. I like him though. I like his hustle. But he's not a great, great player. And many people are going, what are the Lakers doing? Lots of writers, lots of journalists are going, what's, what's happening here? I don't understand what the Lakers are doing. Why are they building their team? And some people even think the Lakers are going to suck because their team is not built to compete with LeBron. People are saying, you know, we don't think this team is built like the other teams LeBron's played on. So that's not right. I heard this the other day. They said that, you know, the way the last eight years in a row, LeBron James has been to the NBA Finals. But this year, this team is built differently, so it's not going to be as successful. Um, I I think my only response to this is, I think, honestly, people are making fair criticisms that the Lakers roster may not make a lot of sense on paper. I think I like it because it's chippy, it's got veterans, which LeBron likes, and it's got really smart players. I think Rajon Rondo is one of the smartest players in the NBA. But even though there are very fair criticisms of this Lakers roster, I will tell you this, I'm never, ever going to doubt LeBron. That's what I don't, that's the one part I don't understand of this is there are fair criticisms that everybody on the roster, but you, do you actually think that LeBron isn't going to figure it out? LeBron, it's LeBron James. I said it a couple minutes ago. I'll say it again. LeBron James has been to eight NBA finals in a row. I mean, that says it all to me, even though it doesn't make sense on paper. I want to ask when has LeBron James ever made sense on paper? LeBron James stepped into the league and looked like a man immediately at 18 years old. That doesn't happen. That's not possible. Ben Simmons didn't play at all his rookie year. Kobe Bryant took time and didn't play immediately. I mean, I just don't understand. Why are, Why would anybody ever doubt LeBron James? It, it's it's just silly to me. Now, I will say this. I think Rajon Rondo was there to mentor Lonzo Ball. I think Lance Stevenson is there to be a bully. But I just am never, ever going to doubt LeBron James. I don't doubt the Lakers. I don't doubt that they will succeed to some degree and probably a very high level because they have. Guess what? LeBron James. LeBron James doesn't make sense on paper. LeBron James defies all logic. He's 15 years in. He had one of his best years of his career, and I think he should have been the MVP MVP last year. He's 16 years into his NBA career, and he's still the best player in the league. That doesn't happen. Two people in my lifetime have defied all logic. Tom Brady won an NFL MVP at 40 years old. That isn't possible, and yet it happened. And LeBron James is still the best player in the league 16 years into his career. That shouldn't happen. And so when you say I doubt LeBron, I'm not sure what the Lakers are doing, yada, yada. I would say you have no right. You have no reason to doubt LeBron James. LeBron James has never given us a reason, even though I agree with you. I agree with you. It's a valid point that this team is built differently and Rajon Rondo can't shoot and Lance Stevenson. How is that going to work with LeBron? There's all these questions, but I don't think it matters because LeBron James is involved. And when LeBron James is involved, I turn off my brain and just enjoy it. Right, wrong, or different. I, I just think that LeBron James overcomes any logic you can throw at him. He has his whole career, and so I'm, I'm not going to doubt LeBron James. I will be the last person who jumps ship on LeBron James because he has defied logic over and over and over again. And I'd rather be the one screaming, LeBron James going to succeed and him fail, than the guy saying, you know, this is the year LeBron James fails, and he succeeds again because he succeeds over and over again and over again every single time. The other thing I want to say about LeBron James, there's that whole mural thing. You know, that some guy some artist put up a really awesome, you know, street mural about LeBron James, the King of LA. And uh people vandalized it. I mean, and I'm not surprised by that at all. This is why we can't have nice things, you know, if I basically anytime you do anything, people want to ruin it. It's it just the honest to God truth. It is it, just honestly what happens. But I do want to say if there are any Lakers fans cuz I don't what I don't believe is that the people that vandalized that sign were people who are Lakers fans. and But if there are Lakers fans, if there are people who love the Lakers, and while they love the Lakers, they also aren't excited for LeBron James, they're idiots. If you're a Lakers fan, you should be very excited that your team has LeBron James. That I, I don't know how you could possibly be a person who goes, I love the Lakers, I'm so pissed they have LeBron. That's a contradicting statement because having LeBron James makes the Lakers so much better. It's a silly—I if, if there, I don't know that there's anybody out there, honestly, that believes that. But if there is, is any Laker fans, if there are any Laker fans who are not excited about LeBron James, I think you need to reevaluate your logic and reevaluate the way you look at basketball, because clearly you're missing something. And I, I frankly think you're stupid if you're not excited that LeBron James just joined your basketball team. Okay, <clears throat> let's talk about some football, you guys. I'm going to drink some water, and then we are going to jump into— I have two NFL stories in a row, and, and you guys are going to be happy. If you're a 49ers fan especially, you'll be excited about this. So honestly, first, you know, I was going to start with something else, but I want to start with this first, is that um, I think a lot of people in the audience, a lot of people listening to this podcast have at some point met a girl online or met a guy online. You've met a somebody you were talking to online. You became friends with them online, Instagram or Tinder or Bumble or Facebook, whatever, you met someone online and you talked to them, you became friends with them. And it's even more so ramped up if it's a person you like, you're interested in physically or interested in, maybe you'll date them. When you meet someone you date, you might want to date that you met online. When you go from online to meeting them in person the very first time, you are very careful with your expectations. Because the truth is you don't really know until you see them. And you, you know, you could hear, you think they're awesome, you think they're beautiful, yada yada in pictures, but until you see them in real life, you don't actually know what's going to happen. That I think is a very similar situation to Richard Sherman this year with the San Francisco 49ers. Niners Nation, Niners Nation is a fantastic website. It's a great website. They are great. And they just wrote about how they are setting their expectations for Richard Sherman in 2018. In fact, Niners Nation, I I can't tell anyone else does this. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. I think Niners Nation started this They started calling Richard Sherman Uncle Sherm. (laughs) I love that. It's fantastic. I'm gonna embrace it. I'll give them credit, but I'm gonna start calling him Uncle Sherm because I think that's fantastic. And I want to tell you my guy's expectations for this is these are my expectations for Uncle Sherm. And I I have very much tempered my expectations. Again, very similar to meeting a person that I've met online for the first time in real life. We we met we we matched on Tinder. We've talked for two weeks. Now I'm going to meet them in person. My expectations are very low because I want to protect my heart. And there are reasons that my expectations for Richard Sherman are very low. First of all, he's 30 years old. And he's coming off one of his worst years in a long time. And he's also coming off an Achilles injury, an injury that very few people, I don't know that really anybody's recovered from very well. I'm sure it happens, but I know a lot of people that have got hurt their Achilles in real life, my friends, and they didn't recover. like they, They were not good later. And so... I have significantly lowered expectations about Richard Sherman's success as a 49er. I mean, I think Richard Sherman is a great leader. I think he's going to coach up guys really well. And I I do think he also significantly helped with the Reuben Foster situation. But I do not expect Richard Sherman to be a pro bowler. Maybe Richard Sherman has a pro bowl performance this season. That would be fantastic. That would be awesome. I would love that. But if Richard Sherman is a pro bowler this year, I think 49ers fans should be pleasantly surprised. I would not expect that. And I would recommend that you protect your heart. If you're a 49er fan, don't expect so much from Richard Sherman and protect your heart. Because if you expect him to be great, you're setting yourself up to get hurt. Similarly to meeting someone that you met on Tinder in real life and going, they're going to be the best person ever, yada, yada. And you meet them and it's deflating because they're not what you expect, not exactly what you hope for. Richard Sherman is the same way. Let's wait and see. And I hope he's great. Let's hope for the best. If you're a 49er fan, I'm actually not really a 49er fan, but I'm going to follow them very closely this year. But if you are a 49ers fan and you want good from Richard Sherman, that's great. But don't expect it. Hope for it. You can hope for it. But I think if you expect it, you're going to be let down. It's very possible. So I would temper your expectations with Richard Sherman according to the fact that he's 30, he's coming off an injury, and he's coming off one of his worst years of his career. My thoughts. And now I now want to shift your attention to Ruben Foster. So the 49ers linebacker Ruben Foster was suspended for two games because he violated the NFL's conduct and substances of abuse policies. And this was also after, of course, he had a domestic violence charge raised up against him and then ultimately dropped in court. And, and I think it's interesting. I, you know, I remember that. I want you to remember that Reuben Foster did not just get in trouble for you know, a, a domestic violence charge, right? He also got in trouble for possession of marijuana. And Reuben Foster again got in trouble for possession of an assault rifle. Now, both were resolved. Both situations were resolved in the offseason. But I, I want to talk about this two-game suspension because when Reuben Foster was suspended for two games, there were a lot of 49ers fans that were upset. And I understand why they were upset because the feeling is... The way that it looks is that, you know, the domestic violence charges were dropped and then Reuben Foster was still suspended. And you go, what? He was free and then they still punished him. That's how it seems. That's how the appearance is. But I don't think personally that 49ers fans should feel angry. If it were me, because I think you have a choice. You could either feel lucky or 49ers fans can feel like they were screwed over. I don't think 49ers fans were directly screwed over. And I honestly would rather take the opinion take the side of i think they're lucky because all things considered uh a two-game suspension is not bad getting suspended for just two games in comparison to what it could have been two games is not that bad and that's why you know when Ruben foster was the first announced he was given a two-game suspension i took a deep breath i said okay i'm gonna take a break i'm gonna wait i'm gonna look at both sides and I honestly, when I took a step back, I understand both sides. I understand both situations. I understand that it's a, it's not a black and white situation. It's kind of a murky, not entirely clear situation. Um, and I think given all of the headlines that Reuben Foster had this offseason, all the speculation, I mean, there was people worried that Reuben Foster was going to get suspended for maybe even the entire season. I saw one article that said that. And going from maybe a six game, maybe a full season suspension to only a two-game suspension, all things considered, that's pretty good. And so I even I understand, I acknowledge 49ers fans. I understand why they might be angry. But at the same time, I I think you have a choice. I don't know if it was fair or not. I don't know if the two-game suspension was entirely fair. I don't honestly want to get into it, but I know this. All things considered, 49ers fans have a choice. They can choose to feel like they were screwed over, or they can feel like they were lucky. Okay, well... It could be way worse than a two-game suspension. Let's just take a deep breath and be grateful it's only two games. Because two games, I think the 49ers will be able to overcome a two-game suspension from Ruben Foster, maybe their best defensive player. If Ruben Foster was suspended for six games, that dramatically changes their season. Two games is survivable. Six games, that's a huge, much different impact. If he's out for the whole season, you might even be moving on from him. So a two-game suspension, in the scheme of things is not as bad as it could have been. Is that fair? I understand if you're mad, but I'm choosing to take the stance that you can either feel lucky or screwed over, and I would rather 49ers fans go, hey, you know what? We got away with one. We got lucky. It could have been way worse. So um, that's that's my honest opinion. But if you're mad, I understand. So there you go. That's the Richard Sherman suspension. That's my official opinion, my official take. If you disagree with me, feel free to talk to me, though, because I have an open mind. I love debate. I love discussion. And I am very much open-minded to you guys. And if you feel differently than me, I will listen to you. I'll respond to the comments. I love healthy debate. I think debate is very important. I think disagreement is very important. And so if you disagree with me about the Reuben Foster suspension, please leave a comment on YouTube and I will get back to you. I will I'll respond and I might even talk about it on next, the next podcast I make. Okay. I want to now talk about the Denver Nuggets. I think the Denver Nuggets are a fringe playoff team. And the truth is, this is not really a Denver Nuggets topic. This is a topic about Isaiah Thomas and about Boogie Cousins and their decision to take less money. So Isaiah Thomas signed a one-year deal with the Denver Nuggets. It is the veteran minimum. He signed for $2.4 million and only a one-year deal. And now I want to give you context to this contract. Here's the context for this contract. Two years ago, Isaiah Thomas was an MVP candidate. Isaiah Thomas was almost the NBA MVP the year Russell Westbrook won. And Isaiah Thomas was expecting to get a ton of money in free agency when he eventually hit the free open market. And so when you see a guy like Isaiah Thomas only sign a one-year deal worth $2.4 million when two years ago they were talking about backing up the Brinks truck to give him as much money as possible could fit. Literally, the joke was in a truck. Um, I respect that he signed for so little money. And that might sound weird to you. You might go, couldn't you have gotten more money? I think yes. I do think that Isaiah Thomas could have signed for a bigger deal, a slightly bigger deal uh, for slightly longer. But I, I think that Isaiah Thomas is betting on himself. Isaiah Thomas is saying, I'm going to prove I deserve more money. And so he's taking less money now so he can go to a good situation in Denver and potentially make more money later. Denver's a good basketball fit for Isaiah Thomas. The Nuggets are a borderline playoff team. It's a chance for him to showcase his talents, and he might have some success there. If he gets them to the playoffs, that looks even more impressive. And I think it's interesting to compare Isaiah Thomas taking a risk and taking a chance betting on himself. I think it's interesting to compare Isaiah Thomas to the Warriors signing Boogie Cousins. So if you remember, Boogie Cousins signed a one-year deal with the Warriors, and it was as, it was the minimum. It was the, as little money as he could possibly sign for is what Boogie Cousins signed for with the Golden State Warriors. He signed for $5 million. And it's, it's an absolute joke to pay an NBA all-star big man only $5 million. That is the steal maybe of the century. That's a joke. For a guy of Boogie Cousins caliber to sign for so little money, is it's ridiculous, honestly. It's silly. But I want to argue a different perspective I've not heard yet. Nobody is arguing Boogie Cousins' perspective. Nobody is saying, you know, maybe Boogie Cousins did the right thing for him. Because I think that signing with the Warriors was the best decision for Boogie Cousins, the player and the person. And I think that it's similar to Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah Thomas signed with the Nuggets. I'm taking a risk. I'm betting on myself. And it's the best thing for me long term. I think that Boogie Cousins did the best thing for himself by signing with the Golden State Warriors. Now, that's obvious at first because you go, well, he's going to win a championship. But I think it's much deeper than that. Boogie Cousins is coming off of an injury, an Achilles injury. Uh, And what I like about this move is that the Warriors do not need him. And because the Warriors don't need him, he can take as much time as he actually needs to recover. He can fully recover before coming back and playing in the NBA regular season. He could wait until after the All-Star break and the Warriors would be just fine. They don't need him at all. If, if Boogie Cousins had signed with another team for more money, A, expectations would be higher. They're like, we're paying you $18 million. Come on, man. Let's get going. We want you back by November. We got to get you back in the lineup as soon as possible. And the pressure of coming back from an injury is gone now because Boogie Cousins signed with the Golden State Warriors. There was no pressure for Boogie Cousins to return to the starting lineup immediately. In fact, there's no pressure at all. He could, he could wait until the playoffs before he plays and they're going to be fine. I would rather him them not if I'm a Warriors fan because I would say that, hmm, well, I want him to learn how to play with the guys at the very least, but I'm just saying they don't need him and that benefits Boogie Cousins if he's coming off an injury, which he is. The other thing is this, Boogie Cousins signed a one-year deal. Boogie Cousins took less money now to earn more money later. It's very similar to Isaiah Thomas taking less money. Boogie Cousins wants a contract that is as big as possible. And the contracts that Boogie Cousins desired were not offered to him. Boogie Cousins did not have the options that he wanted, so he's going to take another year, try to ch- improve his the view of him, show he's healthy, So we can play at a high level and try to get a better contract next year. That makes sense to me. Not to mention, now the obvious one is that, you know, Boogie Cousins will probably get an NBA championship out of it. So less money, no pressure to come back from an injury. Sorry, excuse me. Potential to sign for more money later is what Boogie Cousins decided to. He decided to, I'm going to win a ring. And he decided that I'm going to take all the pressure off of my return from my injury. I can take as long as I need and get fully healthy. That is the best thing for Boogie Cousins. You can hate him. You can, you can be angry about it. But the truth is, Boogie Cousins did what was best for him. And I say that who cares what anybody else thinks? You got to do what's best for you. I think it's interesting. I'm, I'm in the middle of a controversy. I am considering tra- transferring schools. And I was very transparent. I was very honest with how I felt. I felt frustrated with my old college And I, you know, I I want a better situation. And I offended all kinds of people at my old college, something I feel bad about. But at the end of the day, I have to do what's best for me. I can't worry about the professor's feelings that I hurt because his career is not mine. Boogie Cousins shouldn't worry about how his decision affects everybody else. He should do what's best for him. Very similarly to Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah Thomas could have signed for more money. I respect it. I don't know that I think Boogie Cousins situation is clearly better than Isaiah Thomas's. Boogie Cousins is going to probably get a better contract. Isaiah Thomas may not, but I respect what Isaiah Thomas did. He took a risk. He said, I'm going to bet on myself. I believe in my abilities and I'm going to go out there and I'm going to earn more money. I respect both Boogie Cousins and Isaiah Thomas for slightly different reasons. I respect Isaiah Thomas for taking a risk and doing something that may not work out. And I respect Boogie Cousins for saying, I don't care what anybody else says or thinks. I am going to do what's best for me. I'm going to get myself a ring. I'm going to fully heal from my injury. And I might have a chance for more money down the road because of this year I took off and used to improve my brand uh, in the locker room and on the court. That's all I have to say. But I just think that people are all wrong about Boogie Cousins. And I think we should have a little bit more open mind about it. And I think that, Isaiah Thomas, there's, there's a clear parallel there between Boogie Cousins and Isaiah Thomas, both of them taking less money to potentially earn more money down the road. Okay. Are you guys excited? I, uh, <clears throat> I want to share with you guys an idea that I am still working through. It is not fully formed. I have not fully developed this. In fact, it's kind of like a comedian who has a joke who he's still working on. So he tells the joke and it's not as funny now as it will be in two months. And um, I, I, you know, like Joe Rogan talks about this sometimes. He talks about how he'll work on a joke and he doesn't know how to tell it the best yet. He's still working on how to best tell this joke, but he's developing it. That's how I feel about this segment. I'm still figuring out the best way to put this, but I want to jump into it. And the idea is all about credit. Because credit, who gets credit, is a very complex issue in the NBA. And uh, there's a number of reasons for this. You know, perception matters. And, you know, for example, if you're winning because of LeBron, that makes LeBron James look good. That helps him. If LeBron James is winning you games and the perception is that LeBron James is the reason you are winning, that, build, that builds LeBron James' brand. Perception might even matter more than Reality. Honestly, because perception is how you build a brand. You get a better shoe deal. You get better endorsements if the perception is that you are a star elevating everybody around you. Perception and credit matters. Who gets credit in the locker room? Who gets credit for winning? That matters a lot in the NBA. And so in this segment, I want to compare Kawhi Leonard. I want to compare Kyrie Irving. I want to talk about Greg Popovich. And I want to talk about Brad Stevens. I want to talk about all four of those guys, compare, contrast all of their scenarios. So first, I've been hearing rumors that Kyrie Irving is wanting to leave the Celtics next year in free agency and join the New York Knicks. So if Kyrie Irving leaves the Boston Celtics, he will go home. And he will go home to his team. He will have his own team. He will be the star. He will be the guy on that team. And it seems silly to leave Boston if if you're me. I look at Kyrie Irving and go, why would you leave the Boston Celtics? Life is good. You got a great roster. You have a great general manager. You have a great coach. Kyrie, what are you doing? Why would you leave Boston for the New York Knicks? Because me personally, I want a good team of people around me. If I start my own company tomorrow, I'm going to hire people better than me that know what they're doing even better than I do so they can help elevate me. That's how I feel. But I also understand this is that Brad Stevens, the coach of the Celtics, and Danny Ainge, the coach of the Celtics, the general manager of the Celtics, Danny Ainge, and the coach of the Celtics, Brad Stevens, they get a lot of credit. When the Celtics win, they go, Danny Ainge built that team. He's a genius. Oh, Brad Stevens, he designed that offense. He's a genius. And what that could do is take away credit from Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving stardom gets less appreciated because of everybody else in the locker room. I don't like that, but that's actually true. I, Right, wrong, or indifferent, Kyrie Irving might not be getting as much credit as he deserves. And I think credit directly affects your paycheck. It's true. If the perception is you are really valuable because you are the sole reason that team is winning, you will make more money. And so that's where I want to compare Kawhi Leonard and the Spurs. I want to talk about now Kawhi Leonard and the San Antonio Spurs. So in San Antonio, the head coach of the Spurs, Greg Popovich gets all the credit. When the Spurs win, it's because of the Spurs system that Greg Popovich has designed. And and Greg Popovich getting credit actually hurts his star player, Kawhi Leonard. And you can make an argument that playing with any legendary coach will hurt an NBA player. It always hurts NBA players. Part of the LeBron James, Michael Jordan debate is that people say, well, LeBron James has never played with a legendary coach. LeBron James has never had a great coach. And Michael Jordan had Phil Jackson. And some people use that to knock on Michael Jordan. Well, I also think that LeBron James has purposely avoided having a legendary coach so that he can get more credit. LeBron James does not want a Greg Popovich taking credit away from him because that would hurt his legacy. So I believe LeBron James not having a great, great legendary coach is by design because we have seen over and over again, having a great legendary coach can take away from your the credit you're getting. You can lose credit. You can lose. The perception can be we're winning because of him, not because of you. So who gets credit very much matters. And Kawhi Leonard is overshadowed in San Antonio by Greg Popovich. I mean, we forget all the time that Kawhi Leonard is the third youngest NBA Finals MVP ever. He's the second youngest. Let's be honest. So (laughs) Magic Johnson won two NBA Finals, one at 20 and one at 22. Kawhi Leonard won at 22 as well. He's this. The third youngest, I don't know how you put it. He's one of the youngest MVP winners ever in the NBA Finals. And what's interesting is Kawhi Leonard, despite all of his success, despite all of his talent, he does not have a great shoe deal. In fact, Kawhi Leonard has a terrible shoe deal. And Kawhi Leonard has no brand. Kawhi Leonard does not have a brand around Kawhi Leonard because he is always overshadowed by the Spurs organization and by Greg Popovich. And so when Kawhi Leonard says, I want to leave the San Antonio Spurs because I want to enhance my brand. I want to go to L.A. to make more money and enhance my brand. I understand that because the difference could be upwards of $50 million. That is not a small difference. That is a massive, massive change. And so legendary coaches overshadow players because they get credit, not the star player. Brad Stevens in Boston might overshadow Kyrie Irving. Because all we talked about in the NBA playoffs was Brad Stevens versus LeBron, coach versus player. Now, I know Kyrie Irving wasn't there, but I've never, ever heard more talk about an NBA coach in the playoffs than Brad Stevens in the last year's NBA playoffs. So again, who gets credit matters. And if Kyrie Irving goes to New York, he can build the narrative that Kyrie Irving is going home. He's going back to his hometown. He's He lives very near New York he grew up very near New York I think it was New Jersey I'm not exactly sure but I know he's from the area I think he was a Knicks fan growing up and not only can Kyrie Irving go home Kyrie Irving has potential to create the narrative that Kyrie Irving recruited Jimmy Butler to come with him to New York if Kyrie Irving gets recruiting credit for bringing Jimmy Butler to New York that helps his brand even more because then he's now the mastermind that designed the team in the New York with the New York Knicks it's Kyrie Irving's idea. He gets even more credit. He gets even more of that value. He builds his brand even farther. And it's very true. Jimmy Butler just rejected a contract extension with Minnesota. So what leaving the Boston Celtics and going New York could do is Kyrie Irving could get more credit in New York. And getting credit helps Kyrie Irving financially. I mean, Kyrie Irving Kyrie just did a movie. And... Uh, I think you need to realize that people like Kyrie Irving, LeBron James, Giannis, the Greek freak, same person I know, but Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, none of these guys are just athletes. Kevin Durant is a brand. LeBron James is a brand. Kyrie Irving is not just a superstar basketball player, he's a brand. He's a shoe brand, he's a clothing deal, he's a movie star now. Kyrie Irving is more than just an athlete. And so while I would stay in Boston, if I'm Kyrie Irving, I'm going to stay in Boston because, you know, for example, Kawhi Leonard has no brand and he needs to leave San Antonio to create his own brand. Because if Kawhi Leonard stays in San Antonio, the Spurs system, the Spurs brand will always overshadow him and Kawhi Leonard will make significantly less money in his career. But Kyrie Irving, I think, should stay in Boston. Even though he will not have as, maybe as big of a brand, he won't get maybe as much credit. If Kyrie Irving stays in Boston, he will have what he already has is a somewhat of a brand and he can win a lot. And I would take a a good brand, a six out of 10 brand with a lot of winning over a 10 out of 10 brand with no winning or, or maybe questionable winning. I just mean, and I don't think Kyrie Irving will have a 10 out of 10 brand, a small improvement of his brand, a little bit more credit uh, and sacrificing winning, doing that might suck. But I also understand, like, I get both sides. I understand both perspectives is that if Kyrie Irving leaves, he's the mastermind. He gets more money, probably better endorsements. He can win in his hometown, and he can rebuild the Knicks. So I think it's interesting stuff, man. I just think that I don't have a fully formed idea on that yet. I just want to point out that the idea of who gets credit in the NBA, it's very important. It very much matters. It affects players financially, and it's in understandable, reason, in understandable ways. I mean LeBron James should care about his legacy. Kyrie Irving, I get it. You want to be the man, and I've always said that screw being the man. I've never understood it until now. I've always said, you want to be the man, how about you win? That's, that should matter more to you than getting all the credit, but the truth is getting credit is like interwoven deeply within the NBA. I've always I've been very critical of people who want to be the man. I've always said that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. You want to be the man, how about you win games, make money, have fun? But the truth is being the man And having a brand, getting credit in the NBA, that is so interwoven with how much money you make, with how much money you can make when you retire. I mean, look at Kawhi Leonard. He doesn't get any credit and he has no brand. He has a terrible shoe deal. He's not making nearly as much money as he could. So all of that just really, I thought was interesting. It really changed my perspective. And I just am wrestling with, is it okay for an NBA player to want to be the man? I've always felt like it shouldn't be. And now I'm, I'm concerned and I'm conflicted. And I don't have a resolution to that thought yet. And and maybe the truth is it's okay for Kyrie Irving if he wants to leave Boston to go to New York. I've been so hard on him. I've been saying there's no way Kyrie Irving should want to leave the Celtics because New York can't give him as much winning. Doesn't have as good of a culture around him. But the truth is it might be better to get away from the orbit that is Brad Stevens because Brad Stevens has this incredible draw. He gets all the credit. And as much as I hate to say it, it matters who gets the credit in the NBA, much more than the NFL. Nobody cares who gets credit in the NFL. They just want you to win games. And in the NBA, it's very different because there's all kinds of shoe brand, shoe deals, endorsements, yada, yada. And it's just a very, very different animal. And I've never, ever thought about it that way until today. I was like, wow, like, that's just a weird thing I, I don't get is credit matters in the NBA. And maybe being the man is not as bad as I always have felt like it was. So, um, still developing. I'll learn. And I hope you enjoyed that though. I, I really, um, this this pushed me as a, a broadcaster, it made me think, it made me really challenge my opinions. And uh, I, I really just was like, huh, I don't have the answer to that. And that's interesting to me. So I, I just, I wanted to point out getting credit matters in the NBA so much more than I've ever, ever paid attention to. So I don't know. Let's talk about NFL ratings. David Tepper is now the new owner of the Carolina Panthers. He's a hedge, hedge fund manager. He's clearly a very smart guy. He's a billionaire. I mean, I, I don't know. How, you don't become a billionaire if you're dumb, truthfully. Uh, but David Tepper uh, just said two things. And one I very much agree with and one I very much disagree with. <laughs> I think it's interesting. It's, it's fun. It'll be fun to talk about. So first, I want to talk about the thing that David Tepper said that I agree with. David Tepper said that TV is now fraction uh, fractionalized. And he said that there are so many platforms, and he does not think, David Tepper does not think football is being more affected than anything else in this country, the ratings of football, because they're going down. They are, ratings have gone down on cable on the in the NFL. And while it's very true, and I agree that um, ratings are going down, and I, I agree that TV is being fractionalized, I think that maybe less people are watching on cable, I don't know that... Um, and this is where I agree with David Tepper. David Tepper said, I don't think it's being affected that much as we realize. I think it's possible more people follow football than ever before. And the reason for that is there are so many ways to do it now. If you take a step back, you look at the big picture, social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, yada, yada. You can follow the NFL on YouTube and you can watch all the highlights. You don't even need to watch the whole game. You can just watch the highlights of what happened. And you can also watch on cable. There are so many different platforms and I don't think just judging cable ratings is good enough to get a gauge of who's really watching the NFL. I think a lot of people are not no longer watching the NFL. People are no longer watching the NFL on cable. That is my opinion. And I think that my guess is people are watching in other places on YouTube, online through social media. They're following it that way. And I think it's very possible more people than ever are following the NFL. The fact is that cable ratings just don't um, cable ratings just don't reflect that. Cable ratings are dying in general. And I don't think the NFL is dying any more than anything else. That's what I agree with when it comes to David Tepper's take. Because many platforms are replacing cable. Now, even though I agree with David Tepper on that, he said that, you know, ratings are being fractionalized and the NFL is probably not being hurt as bad as being is being reported. Here's what David Tepper said that I disagreed with. David Tepper said he had a feeling. He just said, I have a feeling that gambling legalized sports betting was going to hurt the NFL's ratings and make them go down. And David Tepper goes, I just got a feeling. And I completely disagree with David Tepper's feeling. I know he's a billionaire. I'm a dumb kid in my room, literally. But I don't think that gambling is going to hurt the NFL ratings at all. Personally, I just don't. I I don't bet on games. I'm not not into it. I'm not a a better. I I have very very little money anyways. I'm not willing to bet and gamble away any of the money I have. So I, I don't gamble. But what I do know is that if I was to gamble, If I was going to bet on a game, it would make me care about that game significantly more. And normally if I'm watching a blowout, let's say I'm watching the Cleveland Browns and the Baltimore Ravens and the Browns are just killing the Ravens. The Browns are up 40 to nothing. And normally I would turn the game off. I would be like, I'm not going to watch the Browns destroy the Ravens anymore. They're up 40 to nothing, game over. However, if I have money on the game, if I have money on the game, I'm more likely to keep the game on because I have a vested interest now. I have much more interest than just, oh, what's the score? I have interest in, is something going to change because I have money here? I have, much, I have more of a reason to care about the game. And so I think there's no way at all that legalized sports betting will hurt the NFL's ratings. And I don't want to make that prediction now. The NFL ratings will not be dramatically reduced because of legalized sports betting. I don't think that will happen at all. My personal opinion I just completely disagree with David Tepper, the new Panthers owner, when it comes to that scenario. Okay. I'm, I'm so excited for this. This is the last thing I'm going to talk about today. Last Chance U is my favorite football show on TV. It's the, it's the best. Last Chance U on Netflix is, if you're going to watch any football show, you should watch Last Chance U on Netflix. And then the next best thing is All or Nothing, the Amazon Prime series. I I hate hard knocks. Not a fan of hard knocks. I think it's bad. I think because the problem is that they release it the same time as player, the season is going on. And that's way more of a distraction than it could be. So I'm not a fan of hard knocks, but I love last chance. You, I love all or nothing. And one of my friends from high school, Brandon B is one of the quarterbacks on the newest season of last chance. You, there were two quarterbacks featured on the show. It was Malik Henry and Brandon B, my buddy guy I used to train with played at a rival high school of mine. Great guy. Great family. And so I had him on the podcast. I got to interview him for about an hour and we talked in depth. I cut a lot of it out because it was mostly just two friends catching up. And I saved about as much as I could try to tell you a good story because I share who he is, kind of what got him there and kind of what was the show like and all all kinds of stuff. It's a really, I think, a very interesting conversation. I hope you enjoy it. Um, And I just wanted to say, he's a great guy and I'm so grateful that he Took the time to be on my podcast he allowed me to share his story and kind of get his side of things out before the show comes out and so i just am so grateful and so i hope you enjoy my interview with him i'm gonna play that right now brandon hello how you doing can you hear me yeah i, I, I want to say man first of all thank you so much for uh taking a minute to stop by i really appreciate you coming on the show
1: yeah no problem i look forward to it
0: well i guess before getting into you because i want to hear your story in a minute first i want to ask you though what's you, so you're at Independence Community College. is where you were at the time when the show was recorded. What's that like having a... I want to start with the show first. What's it like having a camera crew with you for an entire season? Huh. I mean, is it is it weird? Is it distracting? Is it a pain? I'm, I'm curious what that experience is like. I think for me,
1: you know, at first I was like, okay. You know, that like really kind of made me like look out for myself. You know, just kind of like uh, make sure I did things right. Which I hope I did. I hope I'm displayed on the show as a good guy. Um, You know, but it was weird. It was something you had to get used to. But after a while, like, you really had no privacy. Yeah. I mean, I always made the joke they were there when you had to go to the bathroom. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And that's what they do is they really try to portray the junior college experience.
0: Is it in the way, you think, or is it – because I have this theory, and I'm curious to test it on you. I've always said hard knocks is a bad idea because hard knocks – it's released while you're still in the season, so it's, it's literally you know what they're talking about, and it's, it's you're being t- your story's being told publicly in the middle of your season. Whereas Last Chance You, they release it months later. It's and it maybe less distracting. Is that kind of theory correct? What do you think about that?
1: Actually, it's about it's close to a year later. But um, yeah, you no, know, I can understand what you're doing with Hard Knocks. I mean, I, I love it. I still watch it. But Last Chance You, um, it's more of a. I don't think they portray enough of the season. I think mm-hmm. they more try to show relationships and the hardships that, you know, some of these guys go through with the whole junior college process. And, you know, um, I do think the show is a little biased. That's just me. Yeah. Um, they tend to go for the guys that, you know, are the big bounce backs.
0: Well, they look for the big story, right? I mean, that's kind of the human. The big story, yeah. yeah.
1: But that's not where some of the biggest stories are, you mm. know, because, I mean,. For those kids, I mean, for an example, you get a guy that he's a bounce back from SEC school. They're going to be all over that.
0: Yeah. Why? Whether he's great or not, he's a better story on paper.
1: Yeah, because more people are familiar with him and his situation. Whereas you'll get a guy that came from nowhere, was nowhere, and he'll just end up balling out. And it'll blow up, but he's not going to get that exposure on the show. He'll be on the show, but he won't yes. get the. Are
0: there exposure. any guys like that from your season? Are there any guys that stood out that weren't maybe gotten given the recognition?
1: Not really. They really focused on five guys on the team. Yeah, um, I wasn't one of those guys, but um, I I played about half the season, um, and I'm sure we'll get into that.
0: Yeah. No, I'm excited to see what the story they tell is.
1: But no, the, I mean, I like the show. I'm a little, I'm, I'm excited and not excited.
0: <laughs> are, you, are you nervous a little bit, maybe?
1: A little bit, because, you know, I mean, I was around some people that weren't making the smartest decisions, mm. um, you know, and I didn't make any bad decisions. Sure. You know, I thought I was a good kid. I was good in school there. Yeah. You know, I did what I needed to do, and, you know, that's why I was able to be successful. Um, but there's a bunch of reasons
0: you can go to junior college. Yeah, ex- well, exactly. There's people with your scenario. I'm curious what your story is too, but there's some people that academically couldn't make it. They got hurt or something happened physically, or they just were looking for a place to showcase their skills.
1: Yeah, so that's kind of what you get is those three scenarios. I mean, you got also kids that, you know, they messed up, got arrested in
0: yeah. college. Yeah. You know, their only
1: option is to go down and do junior college for a year.
0: I'm I'm curious. What's a junior college locker room like? What what's a locker room like at a junior college? Because you have so many different stories and different backgrounds. It's very untraditional.
1: It's um. Now you're talking like game feel or just.
0: I I don't know. Answer it however you want, and I don't want to get you in trouble, so don't say anything like that. But I'm I'm curious because I I've had friends that I've heard really good things and I've heard really bad things, and I'm curious what your experience was.
1: I think for us with the last chance you thing, it kind of amplified everything.
0: Amplified everything. Yeah.
1: Like, we could be down at half, and uh, you'd have guys just cussing people out and all that. You know, it just happened. You had just
0: put I mean, more, did it put more pressure on having cameras around? Is that maybe a good way to put it?
1: Um, you know what? Sometimes, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I felt the pressure sometimes. Um, you know, I mean, there's times where, you know, uh, I'm not sure if you're really familiar who, who I was playing there with.
0: It was a guy from Florida um, State, right? Some, uh, Something like that. Malik Henry. So yes. He was yeah, in my yeah, yeah. class. Yeah. And um, we had a bunch of
1: guys. Let's just put it this way. <laughs> well, there was guys that were that were brought in that were – we had
0: a bounce back from University of Tennessee quarterback. Yeah. Um,
1: he only made it a week. Mm. And then he tried to fight the head coach.
0: Oh, really? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, mean, th- I wow. mean, but this stuff happened
2: all the time.
1: Yeah. Now. I mean, you'd have practices, we'd just be chilling, and all of a sudden, you know, a fight would break out, and you're just like, what the heck? Yeah, dudes <laughs> that were in gangs sometimes. Yeah, dudes that, you know, would sell drugs when they weren't doing football. Yeah. And um, I mean, it was just a totally different experience. And it was really eye opening. Um and I think the show, I don't know if the show really get into that. I hope not, because that'll hurt those people's, um, yeah. well, how people see them. yeah. And that, that's the best
0: way I can put it. I'm curious, I, my, I guess my next question would be, how does a guy like you from Vancouver, Washington, end up in, because you, your story's kind of interesting, you went all over the place, you went to Tennessee, Montana, then, then Independence, how do you end up at Independence Community College? What's your route there?
1: Well, you know my high school story, we played against each other yeah, in high yeah. school.
0: I'm a fan um, of yours, man. By the way, man, you're you're such a good dude. I love your well, dad, we, by the way. Your hey, dad's we awesome.
1: To, we used to go to Air One together uh-huh. yes, and sir. compete. And, yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, I remember the first time I met you was actually when you were transferring to Skyview. Mm-hmm. Yes, and, sir. And uh, I remember John Charles introduced us. Yeah, John's a great guy. Always oh, the best. Um, so I was went to Washington High School my freshman year. Yep. Then I moved to Evergreen for two years. Yep. And then my senior year, you remember Coach Don Johnson?
0: Yep, the man.
1: And yeah, the man. I'm telling you, that guy gets people places. <laughs> oh, he's
0: he's a dude. He's so good at promoting his players. He's the best. He Love that guy. He's
1: he's such a good thing for high school people. I can't say enough good things about him because he's yep. given me so many opportunities. And I mean, he's he's still helping out people. You know, yeah. it, it's just crazy.
0: He cares about his guys, man. He's, he's the best. He
1: loves football, and he loves helping guys out. And that's why I went and played for him. Everybody could say, you know, what happened to everybody. I don't care. That guy had a bigger impact on and off the football field than anybody else did at that time. That's so cool. Yeah. And, uh, but he left, you know. Yeah. And he, um, did his thing, and so I went to Tennessee. And I actually physically moved away from my family for my senior year yeah. and went and lived with my godparents. Yeah, and it was such a great experience. <laughs> um,
0: That's awesome. I'm
1: not going to get too much in depth into it. It looked but, fun uh, though,
0: man. It looked like you were a star over there.
1: Uh, it, it was. I'm telling you, football down there. Just it's really like Texas football.
0: Yeah. Well, the South just cares more about football. It's it's the honest truth.
1: I mean, I walked off the plane and I had a newspaper article about me. In Vancouver, oh. you couldn't even do that.
0: No, no, that's that's awesome. That's so crazy.
1: Yeah, it was <laughs> it was definitely a new experience. And I got a... My quarterback coach was an ex-NFL QB, mm. Kelly Holcomb.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah, I know Kelly Holcomb. Yeah.
1: Oh, I love Kelly. So then I... Uh, thanks to Coach Johnson. And, you know, I had the film. So that yeah. helped.
0: Yeah, you had good film.
1: And, um, you know, he uh, gave me an opportunity and Montana showed up. You know, that's it's awesome. funny because if you would have told me my sophomore year of high school that I was going to end up at Montana, I would have told you we were crazy
0: because it's lower than you wanted or because it's higher than you wanted.
1: It was lower than I wanted at the time, you know, and, uh, I went through a humbling experience. My sophomore year, I had a great sophomore year and,
2: uh,
1: you know, I went through a little thing and hurt myself my junior year, but I bounced back from my senior year, Yeah, but I used to throw for, you know, Uh, In a week, I'd throw for 10 colleges. I mean, Colorado, Colorado State, Boise State, Washington State. I mean, you were throwing for them all the time. And as a sophomore, to get on their radar and be invited to their camps, huge. It it is. I don't think people know enough about it. And so. um,
0: Yeah. Well, you you left Montana, right? Is that. What happened there?
1: So, well, I went through out of high school. Um, I went
0: through with my buddy Ray Green. Ray's the best. Yep. oh yeah ray
1: I mean, we had a bunch of good high school experiences <laughs> together that's awesome and uh, it was kind of cool because i left and then i came back we we're gonna be teammates and then you know kobe was there
2: mm-hmm. kobe and easy.
1: then uh jaron williams was there too and yep. i played with those guys in high school and so i was like oh okay you know the whole group's back t- back together but i just didn't get an opportunity there yeah. you know uh I felt... I was kind of limited because, I mean, they redshirted shirted every way they brought in. Yep. They brought me and another quarterback in and they really thought the world of that guy and
0: me, I was like, I can compete against this guy. I'm just not getting the opportunity. Yeah. And That's so, what's in interesting end, about was, football, man, is people don't realize how often... That, that does play a part anyways, I guess.
1: Yeah, no. If you don't get that opportunity, they're never going to see what you can do. Yeah. You know? And so... Difficult because I really liked Montana, it fit me as a person. That's what I was
0: gonna say. Is you know, I'm moving to Montana State uh, University for college, and it seems like your kind of place you're a hunting, fishing guy. Montana's like great for the outdoors. I mean,
1: oh, yeah. I mean, if I wasn't in class and doing football and I really worked hard on those, yeah, I was out fly fishing. I mean, you know, uh, that's just what I love to do, it's my passion. You know, it's kind of like football, it's something I can do, and fishing it's just something I go do to. Relieve stress or just—I don't know—just chill. It's a break. It's a break. It really is, especially when you know what you're doing. Yeah, it's more fun.
0: Yeah. Hey, what's so what's uh, – Go ahead. Go ahead.
1: But so I left Montana, and so I was looking for places to go. Yeah. And uh, I got an offer. Coach Johnson got me set up with a junior college down in California. And Hmm. as you know, California, you pay to go to school in junior college. Yeah. But I would be throwing the ball, and I'd get a great opportunity. Well, I was on set to do that. I was Literally, the day that I was going to take off from my flight, I live in the Columbia River Gorge, and we had freezing rain come through the day I was supposed to take off. So oh, I was all packed, man. ready to go. Yeah. Well, my flight got canceled, and uh, got a call from this guy who really became a great coach. His name's Jesse Ornelas. He was the OC at the time, got moved running back coach when I came in, mm. and uh, he was at Independence Community College, and I was like, "What? I've never heard of this place." <laughs> and they're like, yeah, we're in Kansas, and they sent me a PowerPoint of all their facilities and stuff, and I looked at their record, and we were the they were the worst team in the NJCAA, I mean KJCAA, which is the Kansas Junior College Association. Yep. yep. And they were the worst team there. And I was like, What? But they were like they kinda sold it to me, like, Yeah, you'll come in, start, be the guy, all that sweet, you know, but as I've learned nothing is that easy. No. So but they were offering full scholarships at sure. a junior college. Yeah. Huge. So I told my mom, I was like, I'm gonna save you guys money, like why not?
0: And go live for free and play football basically.
1: Yeah. And, you know, get my two year degree when you know the goal was is to get it in a year get out of there in a year yeah let's go to the spring fall and get out yep and uh so i did that and i remember i have grandparents that live in tulsa so i flew into tulsa and they drove me about an hour and a half just independence is about 40 minutes 40 35 minutes from the kansas border yeah and so i remember um we driving out and I fell asleep I woke up and I remember pulling in to the college and I was just like, Where the heck am I? Like this looks like prison.
0: <laughs> this tiny I mean, little it, little town.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was it was January, so it's it's decently cold out there in the yeah. Midwest. And I'm just telling I mean I remember waking up and I was just from that day on I was like, Okay. It was almost like a countdown to how many days till I got out of there. You know, and I remember meeting some of the guys, nobody really big. And then all of a sudden, I remember getting there and thinking I was a guy, all this and stuff. And I could be looking at my competition, who were other quarterbacks. And, you know, they were straight out of high school. And I was just kind of like, oh, I got this in the bag. You know, like I just got back from college. Like I have a totally different experience. And, like, yeah way more to offer than they do you know because they didn't get that offer out of high school or they didn't get that chance and so i mean in my mind that just didn't mean that they were good yeah um and then all of a sudden malik henry showed up florida <laughs> state bounced back yeah and i'm like it's funny though because the first time i met him i didn't know who he was mm. i mean i remember talking to him and you know you call just kind of checking like hey like what position do you play you know and uh, he's like, I play quarterback. And I was like, oh, where are you a bounce back from? He's like, Florida State. And I was like, oh, okay. I was like, I got my work cut out for me. But
0: <laughs> everything just intensified immediately, probably.
1: Yeah, it was like, oh, crap. I remember calling my dad. And I was just like, yeah, they brought had Malik Henry. <laughs> and I was like, but I, at the same time, I was happy. I was excited.
3: Yeah. How come? You know, because
1: I was like, I was like, I get to compete against one of the best quarterbacks that was in my class. Yeah, and I never got that opportunity to go to the Elite Eleven when I should have, or I should have done this. And I was like, this is a great opportunity. Like, you get to compete and show like where you stand. Yeah, and uh, I, I, hadn't, I, I was nervous, but I was also really excited to just show and push myself. And uh, Malik, he's a good guy. I mean. He didn't want to be there, so you kind of saw the worst side of him. But I didn't want to be there either. But I just wasn't that type of person where, yeah.
2: you
1: know, I acted out or things like that's just not the way I was raised. Yeah. Um. And it, it
0: was it was very interesting. Um. I mean, but I remember. Yeah, go ahead. Spring ball started,
1: and uh, he would get in trouble. You know, or they wouldn't be moving the ball or something like that. And you know, I get an opportunity, and I was like, hey, I'm getting an opportunity. Like, why not? Like, this is a competition between me and him. And, you know, I did that. And at the end of the spring, I was the number one guy on the depth chart. That's awesome. And I was I was so excited about that. I remember, you know, he wouldn't move the ball. I'd come in and start completing passes and moving the ball. And i get comfortable. I haven't been that comfortable on a field. You know, it just came so slow and easy to me because I was able to put all my time and energy into the football. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, we had a quarterback coach at the time. Who he didn't care where you were from. Yeah. At all. He didn't give a crap. He said, if you can play, you can play. And I liked that because for once the cards were evenly stacked. Yeah. You know? And Malik, he would act up and, you know, he'd cuss out the coaches. I've never seen a kid do that before, get away with that type of thing.
0: Yeah. It's completely and, uh, inappropriate action normally, especially for a quarterback.
1: Here's the catch, too. Um, the head coach uh, who really ran the show. I mean, this guy is a character. (laughs) I like coach Brown. I have nothing against him. We just didn't see eye to eye. Um, And what happened was him and Malik, Malik was his godson or something like that. Mm. So there was a connection there, you know? Yeah. So, you know, me being like, okay, you know, I'm like, but then I was being realistic with myself. I'm just like, it doesn't matter how good you're going to do. They're going to give him many opportunities. It doesn't matter how much he messes up. Yeah. So I just told myself, you got to be perfect, you know? And uh, I kind of took that to the heart. Um, but uh, they fired that quarterback coach.
0: Oh, uh, You lost uh, your fair chance.
1: Well, kind of, yeah. So they brought in this new guy in the summer. And I remember meeting this guy, and it was me. The bounce back from University of Tennessee and Malik Henry, and there was a freshman. Um, so me in the room, I'm like, uh, "There's three of us that are bounce backs." We're like, "Okay, you know, the Tennessee guy, uh, he, I think he was like a backup for two years, but yeah. still, that's pretty good for SEC sure. ball." Yeah, I mean, and Malik, you know, his top kid in the class, probably would. I don't know if he'd be playing at Florida State. Francois is there or whatever. Um, and he's a heck of a quarterback. But um, so it's us three in the room. And it got competitive. But the Tennessee guy tried to fight the head coach because he didn't feel like he was getting treated fairly enough. Oof. And so that he was gone in a week. So I was like, it's down to me and Malik again. you know. But this new quarterback, I'm telling you, this guy, uh, I'm trying to keep this – you know, well,
0: we don't, we don't have to go there if you, if you don't want to. I mean, we don't, oh,
1: no, no, no. But I mean, I got to tell you how it is though. Sure. Yeah. Cause pe- people aren't going to know. They're going to think, oh, you know, you did this or did... this guy. You want to get your side of the story out. Yeah. This guy essentially was there to babysit Malik Henry. Got it. The head coach, make was. Sure he went, head coach or quarterback make, coach? Quarterback coach. Got it. Like this guy literally, his name is Frank Diaz and uh, we never saw eye to eye. Yeah. I mean, I'd make a hell of a throw and then he'd rip me for it. I'm like, that was a 40-yard dime in between two safeties and you're going to rip me for that. But I'm like, okay, Malik can throw an interception and nobody says anything to him. Yeah. So it really it really ticked me off and made football not as enjoyable. You know, cuz well, it got to the point where it's frustrating.
0: Where, I always in that situation in college. It's frustrating when you feel like you're not getting a fair shot. And it just no, it's so you're, you're able to tell like I've yeah. been around enough
1: college coaches and things to know and somebody's just giving me something that I want to hear exactly you know? yep versus where somebody that really cares for you yeah you know um, and this was even all this was before the season so I just met this guy so I still have a whole season to go with this guy yeah and now this is I a training like, camp
0: before the year started right
1: This is fall camp, yeah. So I'm just like, crap. So like my reps got limited, you know, because they wanted, they said they wanted to go with Malik. And I'm like, he didn't even have to prove anything. And I was like, my whole spring, I was beating him out. So for you guys to do that, I was just like, what? Because I mean, how are you supposed to compete with a guy that gets seven reps and you get two? you know yeah i mean he has so many more opportunities than you and you can be as perfect as you want but running with the second group guys somebody's always gonna mess up especially in junior college somebody's all they're gonna forget what they're doing and you have to tell them and you can tell them as many times as you want in the huddle but once that huddle breaks You know, you say the cadence, and it's up for your guys to do what they need to do. And if they don't do it, it's bad. Yeah. You know, and it was frustrating. Um, Season came. uh, First game, I remember I was thinking, I was okay, I'm going to play. You know, we're playing Iowa Western, who at one point in the season was ranked number one in the nation. Yeah, they're
0: really good. Yeah, Jordan Bunny went there, actually. Who? Jordan Burney, the quarterback before me at Skyview went there. Really? Yeah. It's a weird he, scenario he, anyways. Yeah. Um,
1: so yeah, we played them and we got last chance you. Mm. Um so they're all over us. And it was just, Iowa Western came in and literally smacked us. <laughs> just <laughs> disthrottled us. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it was us. I think it was just too big of a moment.
3: Mm. Yeah.
1: We definitely we had better talent. We had the talent cuz you got guys all coming in, in the summer. I had a running back, Raheem Boyd who was a bounce back from Texas A&M. Wow. I'm telling you that guy was a freak. You know, yeah. I had offensive line, I had a guy from Rice. He's the biggest guy you've ever seen, Isaiah Edwards. I mean, this guy is a tank. I mean, we were positive receivers. We had speed like nobody's
2: business. We just didn't have the height. Yeah, you know we had speed though, so if we got it to them in space, they were gone. Yeah. Um,
1: but I didn't play until I think the close to the end of the third quarter in the Iowa Western game when they were up by like fifty, but they still had their ones in. So, you know, I hope they show it in the last chance you. But you know, I ended up having a touchdown drive and then a second one, and then my running back fumbled on the goal line. Hmm. And we, that was the most we moved the ball all game.
0: You, you moved the ball against Iowa Western, and he didn't.
1: Yeah, he didn't. He threw interceptions, got mad, throwing his helmet everywhere, cussing people out. I mean, to me, thats it's just a head case.
0: Yeah, you can't you work know? with that. Where's and he at now? Do uh, you know?
1: You know, I haven't heard anything about him. Yeah. I've heard you know, little bits in here, but he's not going to Independence anymore. Um, I don't know how he did it academically. Um, and then I don't, know. I heard something that he might be going to FAU, but I mean, it's been almost a full year now, so he's losing eligibility. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I mean, that's tough. Uh, I know that the reason they brought that guy in though, was really to make sure he went to class and was passing his yeah. classes.
0: They were trying to and take then, care of him and babysit him really
1: yeah I mean, I mean, you get it. you understand it. I don't know how well you know people listening to this will understand that, but uh
0: well if you watch if you watch last chance you though you know how that kind of show works and how some of the guys are and academically and yada yada you gotta kind of heard them.
1: I feel like my situation was close to the uh the guy from the first season uh that ended up walking on to Mississippi state, yeah. I feel like that's kind of how it was. They brought in, you know, the...
0: John Franklin the third.
1: Yeah, John Franklin. He'd mess up or not do what he was supposed to. And then, you know, last minute you'd find out, you know, you were starting and had to go, you know, do things. And I'm yeah. sure we'll get more into that. I mean, I don't know how much time you have.
0: Well, no, I got forever. I'm curious, by the way, when you went to Independence, did you know they were going to have Last Chance You Did you know that going into it or did that show up later?
1: no we had no clue mm. um here's how it went down actually is well we weren't supposed to tell anybody uh, <laughs> but we were in the top three for the running they came and sat down and talked to us and um just kind of i don't know tried to get to know some of us and hung yeah. out with us yeah and uh, i think we provided the best um opportunity for them I mean we have so many personalities on the team and you have so many different stories you have guys bouncing back from all over yeah and so that was pretty cool Um, and for me you know I was like sweet like I was like I'm gonna be on Netflix like I was thinking (laughs) about how many Instagram and Twitter followers I'm gonna get you know I was just like ooh I was like okay this is a good deal you know (laughs) And I'm like, if I really ball out on this thing, like, this is going to help me in the end.
0: Yeah. It, it can and, give uh, you publicity that you need.
1: Yeah. And not that I don't really need that. Um, I think I was more just kind of, like, sweet, you know, yeah. at the time.
0: Um, wasn't it Wasn't a concern, though, at all?
1: Not really. So, I think when they, when I, we kind of knew that they were going to pick us, they came and did our spring game. mm brought out the cameras and all that
2: yeah.
1: and you know of course they you know put it on some of the guys the mics and things like that and um you know i got to, i gotta talk down i gotta sit and talk with uh greg whiteley the director and kind of tell him my story and uh you know it was interesting um i don't really come from hardships and things i've just been all over the place um I just talked about where I was from and what I did and what, where my goals were.
0: What was your vibe from that meeting with him? With Greg? Yeah.
1: It was good. You know, I mean, um, I felt like he was a pretty sincere guy. Yeah. He was, uh, I felt like he was pretty honest. I didn't feel like he was a guy that was gonna screw me in the back end. Yeah. Um, and so I was able to, you know, talk with him and, you know, keep contact with him and things like that. And overall, I mean, he was a great guy. I mean, he's from Seattle. Really? That's cool. Yeah, that whole that whole crew, I
2: think, is from Seattle. Mm. And so,
1: just talking to him and being able to explain, like, where I lived and for them to be like, oh, yeah, because you're in the middle of Kansas. Nobody, like, you talk to some of the kids on the team and they wouldn't even know where Washington was. <laughs> now, I said they weren't the smartest, but. I mean, it, there were some head cases. I yeah. mean, guys, you were just like, oh, my gosh. But when they got the ball in their hands, you were just like, what the heck?
0: Just get out of the way. Well, I'm curious. So what, so what happened to you? So where where are you now and kind of what got you there? What's, what's that story? Well,
1: I um, just finished up spring ball at Boise State University.
0: Yep. Awesome.
1: And um, I think I'm going to take a break from football. Really? Um, yeah. I... Uh, had a new opportunity or a new calling or I guess you could say God opened a different door. Yeah. Um, I mean, the thing with Boise was, is, uh, I found out that coach Johnson called me, uh, I think it was home and I wasn't going to independence anymore. I was like, I'm done, you know, there, I don't need to go there anymore. I got my two year degree in a year, yep. finished football. Like it's just going to be the same scenario over again. So I need to get out of there. Um, I had a bunch of D2s, small D1s that I was talking to, but nothing that, I mean, I had one Indiana, Oklahoma. I didn't want to stay in that area. Yeah. I wanted to be closer to home because I want somewhere where my family can come watch me play. Yeah. And, you know, a place that I can do things that I love to do in Oklahoma, I eat bass fish and stuff. But besides that, that's all you can do. <laughs> Yeah. and it's not very pretty and it's hot and you gotta watch out for snakes and things and that's just not yeah. my cup of tea
3: yeah so I
1: like warm weather but not humidity and I like outdoors and you know a place I can go sightsee and so when coach Johnson called me about Boise State, I grew up a Boise State fan yeah. that was that was my dream school. Um, and so I I am enjoyed my experience here but I'm also ready for this new door, and I think I'm going to go military.
3: Really? Um, yeah, I'm going to join the Army National Guard,
1: and uh, I qualified for flight school. Huh. So,
0: Dude, congrats. Um, That's huge.
1: Yeah, so I'm going to take a break from school for about a year. About this time next year, I'll be coming back. And um, I still want to play ball, but I've kind of lost my love for it yeah um it's been tough but i kind of lost it in kansas i was just kind of like i put in all this hard work and just to get screwed in on the back end i mean it's
0: well it feels like it's not in your control it's kind of what
1: it is yeah yeah. there's nothing i could do to control it you know um and i'm sure i mean i'm sure we we've all had experiences like that and uh, I think as a football player, you need to experience that because it makes you a better player.
0: Yeah, agree. Well, you got to have hardship. Hardship is valuable.
1: Yeah, if, if you're just playing fun and all that, that's great. But like when you have something to prove and people prove wrong, I mean, it's it's a whole different experience.
0: Yeah. Well, first, so, uh, yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, no. Well, I was going to say first, congratulations. My buddy just got in the Air Force. I'm so happy for him. I'm happy for you. That's huge. I think when you graduate, there's kind of three options. There's college, there's unions, or there's the military, and it's a great option. I'm happy for you. That's awesome. I, uh, You know, I, I I always was kind of – I wish I'd walked on somewhere. I wish I'd tried that because I, I think what's cool with you is at least you – maybe you have some questions answered. For me, I wish I'd always – I always wanted to try more, and I never did, and I always regretted that. Do you have any regrets maybe? do you? How do you feel about that looking back? Like hindsight 2020 or not?
1: I mean – one thing I really learned is football is just a business.
0: Yeah. No it is. At
1: this level. Yeah. I mean
0: 100%.
1: You can be the nicest kid in the world but you know, if you're not out there doing what you need to do, it's tough. I mean it makes you really want to go back and
0: appreciate high school football. <laughs> yeah, no so 100%. What it is, instead of cuz I could tell you, that, you know, when I was in high
1: school um You know, I was just like, oh, I just can't wait to get to college, you know. Yeah. The free gear, Nike, all this, you know, like as much as I want. But it's not really all it's cracked up to be. Um, You get there and they own you. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, whether
0: you're getting paid to do it or you're walking on to do it. Well, I think football is a great lesson about life, if I may. You know, I... My, my dream is to have my own company do my own podcast and have my instead of working for fox sports radio or espn i want to have my own thing my own show and it's so yeah, easy no, for me I, to I've always look ahead they are, they're pretty good shows thank you i appreciate it well you know it's easy to always look ahead though i i love this moment i'm in my you know my spare bedroom making videos that's cool but someday i want more and it's, so it's easy to always look ahead wishing for more and i feel like i did that with college football i always felt like oh if i can just get to college then i'll be happy then it'll be better and you get there and you're like, oh, this isn't what I really wanted. And so it's kind of a good life lesson for me, at least it was. To go, okay, I gotta enjoy the moment. I gotta enjoy the journey getting there. And if I could go back to high school, I'd say Zach, enjoy being in high school. Enjoy football now instead of always looking ahead to when I get to college. Does that make sense? It's like I waited to have fun. No, I, I
1: totally get what you mean. Yeah. So it's uh, I mean, Montana was a tough experience. Boise, this is kind of something you know, like. It's not that I can't do it. I can compete. You yeah. know, I've done it. Yeah. I mean, I have the film to show it. Yeah. Um, you know, I didn't play a whole lot in the spring game. I got one, no, I got two drives, and, and both were touchdowns, you know, and one of them being uh, last play of the game, which was a 70-yard touchdown right <laughs> up the middle.
0: <laughs> That's cool.
1: It was, it was awesome. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's probably the – uh, they they filled it up pretty good. The stadium. I mean, it was probably close to twenty thousand there. Yeah. For the spring game, and it was a neat experience. But you know, getting out there, you think you'd be nervous, but just to get on that field and actually do something good with it, you know? Yeah. It was a. Uh, it was really a feeling you can't describe.
0: What's the know? blue turf like? What's that like playing on that?
1: It's pretty unique. <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's
0: a good word, unique.
1: When you, when you get here, I mean, it's blue turf. It's yeah. blue. You yeah. know, it's super hard turf. You don't want to get tackled on it because it's literally just concrete with turf on top of it. It's not like they say it is where the people blend in with it because on the field you see everything. Yeah, you know. Maybe yeah, it's, up top. Well, it's like, it's like do the ducks
0: blend in with their green jerseys? No, no one no one gets confused with the ducks. Know.
1: You see somebody moving on top of the turf. I mean, it's easy to tell.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, no, it's a unique experience in
1: its own. I loved it. You know, growing up a Boise State fan, to just say that I was a part of this program in um, a Montana's program. Um, you know, it was, it, it was good. But I, I don't think I'm done with football, though.
0: Do so you really you think you'll come back? See, I, I think, no offense, man, I think if you walk away, you're done. I mean, it's pretty hard to go back. That's what's, uh I'm concerned about with you.
1: Um, I put so much into it that, yeah. um, I think it could go a bunch of ways. I mean, I'm going to do my military thing. You know, I'm going to go to drone school in Arizona for six, eight months. And then I plan on coming back to this area and going to Eastern Oregon University.
0: So that could happen. Yeah, that makes sense. You could play yeah, there. Yeah,
1: it's a smaller school. You know, not, I mean, nothing against NAI. It's still competitive, Yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, it's just not the big Division One level. I mean, but... You know, I want something where I can relax and play and have fun, you know, yeah. and have a good group of guys, you know, friends, you know, I, I haven't really had that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I have trust issues. I just, <laughs> you know, I've been just screwed over so many times that I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to hang out by myself. So, I mean, not to seem like a loner, but I mean, it's just what happens. When you no, man, I'm a loner. So I get it, dude.
0: Time. I'm such a loner. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean... It is what it is. I mean, you know. So I think there, if I want to, um, you can play
0: there. You can play there for sure.
1: Definitely, yeah. And I had a couple opportunities um, when I people found out I was leaving um, Boise and um, a couple of Division One spots. But I just, it's kind of nice having a break from it.
0: Well, I'm I'm curious. You know, if I'm kind get in your head for a second, because I I know when I left football, I felt like. I could go somewhere else. I could transfer somewhere else and I could climb that mountain again. But it was such a mountain to get there and, and climbing another mountain to get onto another team was going to be a pain in the ass. And I thought the idea of, well, if I'm going to climb a mountain, I'd rather do something like like make videos and build my own career than do football. Do you feel that way at all, maybe? Um, like, are, are you moving on maybe to your next step to go build a career or do you, are you going to, because you can play at Eastern, yeah. I am yeah.
1: now going to build a career. Uh, military and then I get my degree but I still have eligibility Um, you know Eastern's a great place and you know I've reached out to them I've talked to them but it's not till next year yeah and you know I feel no matter what they have you know I should be able to Go there and And compete compete right away. Yeah, no, I agree. And have fun doing it. Yeah. I mean, I'm not gonna have to look into three binders, (laughs) you know, three inches thick of playbooks. Yeah. You know, I'm probably not gonna have to watch, you know, 30 hours plus of film a week. Yeah. I mean, you're gonna still do that, but not to that extent. Yeah. It was a full-time job
0: at Division One level, man. It's it's people don't understand.
1: Let's just put it this way: for people that don't know, your morning starts at 4:30. You have weights. From weights, you have some sort of stretching, yoga, team meal. So that goes, you get done with that about 8.30. Well, then you have conditioning at 10, and then you have class. That's like from 12 to 2. When you come back, it's either practice, film, team meeting,
0: or some special thing they got going on. But you're there in
1: those facilities every day. All day. Yeah, so everybody's like, oh, the facilities look great and things. I have all these great things. Lockers look nice. After a while, you don't notice those things. <laughs> I mean, you're just like, yeah. okay, like, what do I got to do to play? Because that's the only reason I'm going through this. Yeah, you know? 100%. And so um, a lot of people don't understand that. They think, oh, it's college football and all that great. But, you know, another thing, too, is I think a lot of people think college football players are just me-heads. Yeah. I get that kind of vibe from the place you No, it's State, kind of University. what a lot of people believe. Yeah, it's like, oh, you just play football. And I'm like, what? Like, I take a lot of pride in that. But now I've kind of sat down and thought, thought about it. I'm like, okay, I understand why they think like that. Yeah. You know, because that's all we do. If we're not in school, we're doing that.
0: Yeah. Well, it takes your whole life.
1: Um, it really does. And so I feel at Eastern, you know, I might even just walk on there. I don't care. I'd like to get some money, but yeah. it doesn't matter because – the military is going to be, I'm going to do ROTC there too. Yep. So my school is going to be paid for. Yeah. And I don't have to worry about a thing. I can get a new vehicle or I can, you know, put a loan on a house. You know, I mean, those type of things I probably wouldn't have been able to do at Montana or Boise doing football. So, um, but I've reached out to the Eastern Oregon staff and I've heard from a bunch of other staff. I'm not going to name who, but. Um, I mean, I could go play right now, but I kind of like the break. It's nice. Yeah. And it's not like I'm not working out. I'm not doing things. I'm staying in shape. Oh, I know. Yeah. I I know you're
0: work ethic. I know you're doing stuff.
1: Yeah. I'm always doing something. I'm training for the military. So, (laughs) you know, I get up and run about two miles every day and go to the weight room. And I'm actually, my body looks better than it did when I was in football. (laughs) So, which is weird, Yeah, you know, but I've also decided to eat right and do things like that. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that's, yeah, that's really about it. So, yeah, my goal is to, after this, is possibly play football again. Who knows? Um, I might just be done with it. But I feel for that coaching staff there at Eastern, you know, I'll come back. I'll train with my quarterback coach if I want to. And, you know, I feel I just need to throw maybe one throw, and I think I'd be good there.
0: Well, I think what's wise is you're leaving your options open. You can't, You can't. It can't hurt you to have the door open still. Does that make sense? To say, uh, no, I might yeah, go play football, it totally can't hurt you at all.
1: No, and you know, why not? It, it would be fun. You
0: know, yeah. to a smaller level, they're competitive. You know, if you can just get past Southern Oregon. <laughs> but they still yeah. send teams to the playoffs. So yeah. there's oh, yeah. an opportunity to be very successful,
1: and you're in a great place. I love Lagrand yeah um,
0: it's a beautiful place i drive
1: i drive through there on my way from boise to home which i just did this last weekend
0: mm. That's so awesome.
1: so yeah um do you have any thoughts else?
0: no man do you have any thoughts or reflections maybe about is there anything left i guess you have you want to say
1: i just hope you know the last chance you think i you know did me and my family well and you know, i hope i wasn't uh, well, I mean, hope language wise, I hope I, because I was pretty mad at some points and I got mic'd up for about three or four games of the season. Yeah. Um, and I think something else some people should know is I probably wouldn't have played if Malik didn't get in trouble. Because mm. when he'd get in trouble, I would, you know, I'd have a whole half or I'd have a whole quarter where I yeah. could just, you know, it was nice. But, you know, I felt like the odds were always stacked against me. I felt like, you know, I, there was one game, I hope they show it, but um, it was Highland, and our game got canceled the day before because of severe thunder and lightning storm. Well, we played it next day on a terrible, muddy
3: field. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was awful. And so we ended up winning that game 9-7. to seven. Yeah.
1: And I scored our only touchdown. And I had... You know, I had an interception, but, you know, they put Malik in, in the second half. and He came in and threw two interceptions, and that's all he did. And so we won. But, you know, you got no credit for it. Whereas if he did that, you know, he got credit for it. Yeah. So um, I just hope everybody kind of sees it for what it is. But, you know, at the same time, I hope to understand that some of the short stories might not be made true. It, it's, it's for TV.
0: Yeah. Well I worked I worked in production, man. I understand the, the they want to tell a narrative and they have an agenda.
1: Yeah. So we'll just see. I mean I haven't really talked to a lot of people about it. You know, everybody's like, Oh, last chance you, like you were a part of that? And I was like, Yeah, like that's me in the picture. You know, like <laughs> I was yeah. like, Okay, like like you just answered your own question. Yeah. You know, and I'm just kind of like, oh, what are you doing now? And, you know, they hear that I went to Boise and they hear that I'm going to military now. And, I mean, honestly, I mean, I got a different career path. Like, I also have it set up to where, you know, I don't have to do football after college. Yeah. You know, I mean, I love the opportunity. Don't get me wrong. I feel like I could play in football. Like I think it's a possibility. I mean, I think with the right shot, you know, the right opportunity, anybody can do anything.
0: Yeah. I guess the last thing I want to say, man. Do you? What would you tell a high school kid? Do you have any advice? Because you, you've been through a lot. I mean, you've been through so much. What would you tell a kid, a senior in high school? A
1: senior in high school? Yeah. Oh, well, a senior you can't really do too much. Well,
0: fair enough. Maybe a sophomore. Like, what would you? Because I know I didn't get involved in the process early enough, and I wish I'd, I didn't. E- well, I wish yeah, I'd I would emailed coaches. Really I wish either. I would promoted myself. You know, what would you? What would you tell a kid in high school that wants to play college football? Well, here's the thing about those emails and things, real quick. Those emails,
1: those are the dumbest things ever. I hate emailing coaches mm. because they just they don't care enough at yeah. all. Yeah, I mean they're just like, oh cool, like you know, here go to our camp, pay us. It's money for them.
0: Yeah. Would well, you think? So. Do you think a kid should wait back and wait for coaches to come to them, or do you market yourself? Like, because there's a weird mix. It seems like unless you have a coach like Don Johnson promoting you, it's pretty hard to get to school. I mean, I would think. No,
1: it's tough. I mean, it's a good question. I mean, I've honestly been blessed with, you know, the people surrounded around me or found people that have helped me in my life. Um, So I've had it nice. I mean, I know a bunch of kids that would kill to have the opportunity that I had. Yeah. You know, and um, I mean, I think to my parents, sometimes they don't understand that I appreciate that opportunity. But I was also... was young and dumb like i didn't know what i was doing yeah you know as you get older you're like why did i do that like i literally if i just wouldn't have done that i would have i'd be set up like what um well i mean let's see my sophomore the reason i didn't play my junior year in high school um i mean i did it to myself i i thought i had it i was throwing for colleges you know i knew my junior year was coming up i just had to put up the same numbers i did and i was gonna get offers yeah you know, I was throwing for Pac-12, Mountain West, all the time, talking to him, phone numbers. I mean, it was the real deal. And so it was Ray and me, and um, Kobe was going, you know, Justice. Yep,
0: um, Justice Murphy. You know,
1: who's coming back to ball. You know, I'll be training with him a little bit this summer, helping him mm-hmm. and my brother get ready. That's cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, because Justice is that kid. I respect Justice a ton because that man loves football. I've never seen anybody work as hard as he does mm. in football, and he—he's—he's he's a freak.
0: I mean, oh yeah, he's—he's a—he's a special guy.
1: Yeah, I wish I would have used him more in high school. I'm just like, oh my gosh, like I kick myself because I'm like, what was I thinking? You know, <laughs> I have a, a freak, and I wouldn't throw it up to him in the end zone. I'd try to run it in or something like that, and I'd still get it, but you know, it would look better on film. Yeah, but um. No, I'd probably tell them, just like you know, find people that have connections. It's all about who you know. Yeah, I mean, that's how the game's played. And, then, and it doesn't
0: hurt if you're six five. I mean, that's I don't want to discourage kids that are five ten, whatever. But it was hard for me. I realized, you know, I'm I'm five nine. I'm not gonna play at Wisconsin. Like it's just not gonna happen for me.
1: Yeah, but you just never limit yourself.
0: Yeah, well, that's what that's why you know? I'm careful to say like I I don't want to yeah. limit people, but it's also like I, at one point I had to be realistic. I realized. I'm not going to get the same opportunity Sam Darnold is. And I trained with him. I met him a couple of times. He's, you know, big, huge, thick kid, better arm than I had. He's going to get more opportunities.
1: Yeah, I always felt that I had the biggest arm. Yeah. And I still think that to this day. Well, I agree you had better
0: arm can, than I did. <laughs>
1: there's nobody that can out-throw me. Yeah. I mean, they say dudes that make 30-yard you know throws and they make it look like a lollipop it's good i'm just like i can throw that on a dart like i'm just like <laughs> oh my gosh
3: yeah
1: no, i agree you know and uh my dad's always told me that and that's just that's how i got into quarterbacking i just knew i could throw it a country mile like yeah. you know i was just like that's how i got into it because I was before i was baseball all this and that yeah but if i could tell somebody something i'd just be like listen just stay the course like don't get lazy go to the weight room like show your teammates that you're like committed you know another thing is just i don't know i'm not really whole against the dating in high school thing so that kind of i had the girlfriend thought i found it you know i mean we've all had girls like that i'm sure yeah but um you know don't give
0: up everything just because like you're dating with them in high school don't sacrifice for high school relationship maybe is that what you would say
1: yeah, I I definitely like I definitely would skip time and go spend time with my girlfriend instead of focusing on football. My yeah. so, end of my sophomore year, but I also was really like confident. I knew I was gonna go somewhere big. Yeah, you know, and so Coach Johnson, that was his way of punishing me. Yeah, you know, he brought he brought Jaron in and then switched up the offense. You know, it didn't matter if I came in and threw two or three touchdowns. It didn't matter. Yeah. So but I can sit down with Coach Johnson and, you know, we can laugh about that because I still got to the level I wanted to get to. Yeah, And it's, I don't think it's done. I haven't hung up the cleats yet, but it's nice to, you know, just be able to focus on school. Yeah. I mean, that's another thing, too. Um, junior college athletics, they're just trying to get guys back up to the level they were at as fast as they can. Yeah. You know, um, whereas Boise State, academics are tough
0: yeah no dude college is not it's not easy to do two things trust me as a guy who makes 40 videos a week it is so difficult to do college full-time i have 18 credits and do youtube it's like impossible it's so hard Oh yeah well you go to washington state right yep currently
1: okay i have a buddy that just transferred there
0: nice he's actually from independence community college really oh that's cool yeah he's a receiver
1: name's calvin jackson from
0: florida calvin jackson huh Nice
1: he just he just got in like he literally just got on campus, yeah. but uh he was one of my good buddies. we don't really talk that much anymore, but uh you know at the time he was he's a guy he was he was kinda i he, he'll be one of the main guys, i think on last chance U. um hmm. you know, good guy, but um you know one of the, one of those little things they red carpet was out for him, you yeah. know there was a bunch of guys like that, whereas the other guys you know concrete. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, well,
3: yeah,
1: it was a great experience. I don't have a lot of bad things to say about it. You know, I wish they would got some video of me bass fishing because I was killing that. <laughs> that's all I do when I was in school in football. Because you know, you just like football was easy there. Yeah, you got the playbook down, had this down. You didn't need to go watch film or do that. I mean, you did anyways. But I would do it all the time. But there'd just be days where you just didn't have to do anything, and I—that's what I did. Yeah, you know, I had I had it down to a pretty good science. So, but yeah, that's I mean, that's really about it. I think my story. I mean, I think I could write a book about my story. Honestly, sounds like I it. have enough. Yeah, I have enough in it that I could do whatever. Um, I mean, not a lot of people really care about what I got to say, so it's kind of nice.
0: Yeah, well, I wanted to give you a platform to say what you had to say, and I wanted to hear some of your story because I thought when I heard he's on Last Chance, you that's really cool. I want to hear what that was like so it's been fun to get to know
1: I hope they show you know a good amount of me but yeah. at the same time you know I played so I know I'm gonna be in there a couple times but yeah. um, I don't know I mean <laughs> it, I'm just I, I'm just in a totally different place now than when I was there yeah you know like I hope that i I, j- I just hope that I didn't do anything dumb which I don't think I did you know I didn't do anything where you know, I was cussing people out, things like that. Like, I might have been frustrated.
0: And things, you were fighting anybody. You were, I mean, you were doing stupid, stupid stuff. No,
1: I wasn't fighting anybody. I'm not the type of person to do no, I, know.
0: I mean, No, I know. I'd break things up, but <laughs> I'm not going to. I mean, there were guys that had their own issues
1: and things like that, but that wasn't any of my business, you know. And they came from a different place, and I was, you know. I will say the show did bring out, like, everybody became an actor, you know. Yeah, dude, this is the biggest thing they're ever gonna do. Yeah, you know, I mean, and uh,
0: like, do people act differently when they're on camera? Yeah, yeah.
1: It was. It got to the point where it was kind of annoying. Yeah. Um, but overall, it was a pretty good experience. I mean, I I will say at the end though, when the cameras weren't there, it was nice. But I just feel like it put a big target on our back too. Yeah. You know, and I'm sure they'll do season four there because they like it there. It's a better place than, I guess, Scuba. Yeah. When I was talking to the
0: directors, I guess the nearest Walmart to them was like 40 minutes. Oh, oh man. So yeah, Scuba they're, is they're really, they're, tiny. They're really, There's nothing in Scuba.
1: Yeah, they were really out there. So I was just kind of like, okay. Um, you know, and Greg, he's a great guy. I liked him. I loved, I mean, I had, you know... Coach Ornelas, um, great guy. You know, Coach Harris, great guy. I mean, I just didn't get a – I mean, I just got some backlash for going to Boise State from some of the staff. Mm. So they didn't they didn't have a good connection with Boise State. And so when I disappeared and, and just said I was going to Boise State to play football, you know, I got a nasty text um, from my head coach. So mm. – which – you know i didn't like but i was just kind of like i'm done like i don't got to put up with y'all anymore you know and then uh so we'll see because i could have stayed they tried to get me to come back for another year and i was like i got my two-year degree and i am out of here yeah like i don't i don't need to be here at all (laughs) like kansas was it was a different place it was super flat uh it was just different the town that we were in there was not a lot to do yeah you know i i mean the roommates they were pretty cool i liked my roommates but it was it was a totally different situation i mean it's something you have to go experience um talking about it's one thing but actually experience it and going through something it's just it's different yeah so you know finding words to explain that but no it's good to talk to somebody about it though i uh you know, I hope the interview wasn't too bad. I talk a lot. I can't. No, I, I
0: enjoy it, man. I, I wanted and... to hear your story, and you, uh, you're you very good at telling tell, telling me your story. It's been interesting and fun. I, I got to say yeah. thank you so much, man. It, man. it means a lot to me that you were willing to come on the show and say your piece. It really does help me, and it means a lot to me. I, I Thank you.
1: No, I appreciate it, man. I got to get back to studying. And,
0: no, uh, you're the I best, man. Yeah. Seeing what comes out. No, I uh, I love your dad. I love you as a person. I love you as a player and the person off the field. So I just wish you the best. I'm rooting for you in life and in football. And uh, thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. And good luck with finals. Good luck with finals. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Thanks, great one. Yeah, take care. Bye. Well, uh, that was much longer than I expected. I did not expect that to go an hour and seven minutes. But um, he is a. I mean, clearly knows how to tell a story, wants to talk a lot. He wanted to get his part out, which I thought was interesting. Um, I don't know what to expect from Last Chance U. I don't know if they're going to portray him one way or another way. I don't know, because it's what they do with, you know, um, reality TV, is they will literally Frankenstein clips and Frankenstein things you say to make it sound like you said something else. I don't know what to expect. I know that I love Last Chance U. It's my favorite football show, and uh, it was interesting to hear his perspective. And uh, I don't know that he plays that much in last chance U season three, but I'm very curious to watch and see what happens. Um, Brandon B is a, a good guy and a guy I'm rooting for uh, in life. And it sounds like he's done with football, which is sad. It is, um, you know, to be burned out by football is something I understand completely. And it sounds like that's kind of where he's at. And uh, there's one last thing he touched on girls. He touched on girls and uh, high school football and I, I don't think he 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 made it sound like he had a problem. I don't think he did. I knew him in high school. I don't think his girlfriend was in the way. But I will say this unrelated is I, I have this dream. I want to build a podcast. I want to make a bunch of videos. And I don't think I should have a girlfriend even. I think that I need to focus on football. Or sorry, focus on making my show. Focus on doing podcasts and focus on making videos rather than going on dates. Because I can go on a date every night if I want. I know even the way I look, I swear to God, I really can. <laughs> but, you know, it's... I'm focused on what I want to do. And I think if you're a 16-year-old who has a dream to play college football, don't worry about girls. Don't worry about this or that. Focus on your dream of playing college football. So um, interview is interesting. It was, again, way longer than I expected. I'll probably break this all out into a just an hour-long video and put it out. I don't know. Maybe I'll cut it. Frankenstein together maybe I'll do nothing with it I don't know it, you know it's I don't know what to cut out of that it's interesting I really wanted a 15 minute clip and so I learned that next time I'll probably tell the guy hey I want to talk for 15 minutes and it'll be more concise but uh he just kept going and I was like hey I'm gonna hear what he has to say because it's interesting stuff so um hope you enjoyed that I I don't know what to make of that I don't know what I'm gonna play from that or what you'll see from that but it was interesting and it was a fun to uh it was fun to hear his side of the story Thank you so much for watching I really really appreciate it remember last chance you season three releases on Netflix July thirtieth I believe that is a Friday and so i I hope you enjoy Brandon's story he's a great great person a wonderful human and um he was a joy to train with back in the day so I'm rooting for him and no matter what he does in life and I really appreciated him coming on the podcast remember you can subscribe to strong opinion sports on iTunes on Soundcloud and on YouTube you can find the full entire Hour-long podcast on YouTube, as well as my best, most interesting clips. Help me grow this podcast by telling your friends about the show. Share this on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, whatever it is. Help me grow strong opinion sports by telling your friends about this show. My name is Zach Schumler. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. I really appreciate it. I love doing this show, it's my favorite thing in the world. And uh, I will be back next week. My next podcast. Oh, I, I forgot to say this. This is very, very important actually. My next episode of the podcast is going to be just about the NFL. Nothing else. It will be a about a six-minute segment on every single team in the NFL. All 32 teams, six minutes for each team, what their record will be and why. And I have a whole I have 17 pages like organizing every single week of the NFL. Um and I I, I have winners and losers and who's gonna win, and I will tell you every single team's record and why I believe they will have that record. I've been scouring everything I could, trying to get as much information as possible, and I'm very, very excited. The next podcast episode will not be anything other than NFL predictions. It will be probably way too long. I'm so excited, and I really hope you enjoy it. So my name is Zach Schaumler. Thank you so much for tuning in. I I just love this, man. I'm so grateful for you guys, and I hope you guys have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day. Bam, we are